Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name's Colin. I'm the C uh, with me is Zijan the Z. Zijan, it, it barely seems like a week since we last spoke. <laughs> uh, yeah, it has been a week. Uh, but good news is, uh, I'm pretty sure we can get to Keanu Reeves this time round. I think so. I think because so. Because the amount of news I have is uh, <laughs> not even five figures. Uh, not five figures, not even up to five. He doesn't even have 10,000 pieces of news for us. <laughs> that's, that's poor effort. Um, uh, so the reason I say this is that we're recording only a week uh, after we last recorded but for you the listener it will be the usual fortnightly wednesday uh, that you've become used to as the the years have gone by uh, today we're talking about the new film rocket man which is very new as we record will be less new when you hear this um we are as Zijan hinted uh talking about the films of keanu reeves having uh, twice postponed that topic and uh, we have a quiz on the amazing spider-man and much much more. i don't think there's much more coming really <laughs> <laughs> really there isn't much more than that and a little bit more <laughs> um even smaller for me because i realized that i forgot to send myself the list of news i'd made so i quickly tried to put it back together um not long before the podcast but uh it starts off Sijan, with some exciting movie news um i'll start with the most exciting bit of news that i have okay um so the new upcoming batman film oh yes uh the 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 villains are there are rumors about who the villains are going to be and apparently they're going to be catwoman and the penguin which are exactly the same as the one in tim burton's uh batman returns film. they are aren't they um yes the penguin joss gand has been been uh hinting that he's the penguin for some considerable time um, it, it seems like um, Josh Gad tends to play the same uh, sort of uh, stature. Yeah, <laughs> like he is—he's like the Danny DeVito of our times. I don't think anyone else can uh, play that. Well, I don't know. Who there's, um, there's an actor called Paul Walter Hauser who was in um, I Tonya. Uh, as the bodyguard, and he was in uh, Black Klansman as well. Uh, oh, yeah. He's a very good actor, but he's been openly touting himself for the Penguin. He's kind of, on his, because I follow him on, on Twitter, he's kind of put up videos of himself in character as the Penguin, uh, and kind of very, very ostentatiously saying, hey, DC, cast me. Uh, doesn't look like it worked, so... Uh. <laughs> well, the Penguin has never been the most... I don't know how to explain this, but like in the original film, Danny DeVito had the weirdest origins ever. He, like he, was he lived in the lit- sewers, didn't he? Yeah, he was raised by a family of penguins. Yeah, and he and was going to become a... It was a weird film. It was so bizarre. <laughs> and then I think at the end, he attached fireworks, was it, on the backs of the penguins and had them march into Gotham. Is so it? I... Okay. Yeah, I, I suspect that won't happen this time, but you never know. Um. Yeah, but he, he he always comes across as a very, um, not a menacing kind of villain. I mean, compared to like the Joker or um, he, he the Penguin is more of a, a fun, humorous villain. Because you can imagine a short and stout person with an umbrella. And, and, a, and a monocle. Does he have a monocle? And a, and a monocle, yeah. He does wear a monocle. It's not really the most intimidating of villains that Batman's ever seen. If, if I remember Batman Man Returns correctly, um, he was going to be mayor, but then they showed footage of him biting someone's nose, and everyone's like, oh, not voting for him. <laughs> Do you think in this in today's political climate that would rule you out of the running? <laughs> I feel... Uh, <laughs> I think we could do a lot worse than a guy who bites people's noses. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. 
Um, and then uh, Catwoman, this would possibly be the fourth iteration of Catwoman we'll see on the big screens after Michelle Pfeiffer, Halle yes. Berry, and Anne Hathaway. Well, two of th- uh, those three have won Oscars. Um, not for their work as Catwoman. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer's been nominated for an Oscar. Hmm. Do we, there's no, no word on casting for Catwoman in this one, is there? No, not, not, not whatsoever. But I do like Catwoman's character in uh, in Batman. I think she serves as a very good foil for for him. Yeah, and she generally comes across to his side in the end, doesn't she? She does. Yeah. <laughs> she really does. <laughs> I have no doubt that in this film as well, she would probably do that as well. <laughs> okay. Well, at least it's not the Joker again, I suppose. Um, yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, well, anyway, um, Christopher Nolan's new film, we now know a bit more about it. We know it's called Tenet. Um, as in... A belief. Um, it's a spy. Well, I think they said it evolves out of a spy thriller or something like that. But it's basically a spy film. Um, we know a bit more casting. Um, so I, I don't think we previously knew that Kenneth Branagh and Michael Caine were in it. Uh, they joined John David Washington from Black Klansman, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Elizabeth Debicki, Robert Patterson of Batman fame, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, so shaving out. I mean, shaving out to be a great cast. I've not loved the last couple of Chris and Nolan films, but uh, me neither. It's, it's always event cinema, so um, yeah, I think you could, you could do a spy film. Mm, I haven't seen Aaron Taylor Johnson for a while now as well since Quicksilver. Quicksilver, yeah. I'm trying to think yeah. what whatever. Uh, he know. was in Godzilla, wasn't he? Which by the oh, way is coming was. up again. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> he was. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see that one, but um, I suspect the human cast are not returning for the new Godzilla. Are they? Are you going to watch the new Godzilla? I wouldn't have thought so. I didn't watch the last one, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait till he's fighting, um, fighting King Kong. King Kong again. Then I'll watch that one. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, good, Nocturnal, good that, yes. Nocturnal Animals. That's the last thing I saw him in. Was it? Did I watch Nocturnal Animals? Is that a Jake Gyllenhaal one? That's the one. Yeah. I can't remember whether I've seen that or not. <laughs> but anyway, it's weird. I yeah. think I think, you'd, I think you'd remember if you've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. That's uh, Amy Adams is in it as well, isn't it? She is. As is Isla Fisher. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, yep. um, my next bit of news, uh, Dan Aykroyd uh, of Ghostbusters uh, fame has proposed a Ghostbusters prequel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm running out of news, by the are, way. Are, are there going to be ghosts in it? Uh, maybe. This is take us back to the late 60s, apparently, where we'll see uh, Peter Wankman, Egon Spangler, and Ray Stans in their early teenage days. Uh, with a uh, with a tentative title right now called Ghostbusters High. That film is never going to get made. <laughs> Not the slightest chance. There was, back when we had the uh, the Paul Feigl, in fact, maybe even before the Paul Feigl, there was talk of a Ghostbusters extended universe. Um, this feels like a, a, an attempt to get that back on track. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that not happening, to be fair. But I mean... Surely nothing of excitement can happen in this. Otherwise, I mean, nothing ghost-related can happen in it, surely. Otherwise, in the first Ghostbusters film, they'd be like, hey, remember how we all fought ghosts when we were kids? It's happening exactly again. Exactly right, yeah. So, okay. Uh, well, wow. Doesn't he mostly sell vodka these days, Dan Aykroyd? I'm sure he's got his own brand, brand of vodka. Yeah, diversifying, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, all right. Um, Daniel Craig's broken his ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> it's a big week for news. Um, <laughs> I, I, 
Um, so there you go. Um, he, How long are you going to spend talking about this? Can we spend five minutes talking about Daniel Craig breaking his ankle? Um, apparently, according to reports, he is furious. Um, we be- <laughs> why, why, why would he be furious? Well, that's what I wondered. So I read the article and it didn't say. I think he's just annoyed that he got himself in, in shape and then immediately broke his ankle. Um, so I don't think he's actually furious with anyone in general. Just furious at the world. Furious at his luck. Um, ankles are quite serious injuries, though. Like once you you hurt it, your ligaments won't ever heal again properly. Oh yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. Well, this is me trying to pad out a broken ankle story. Yeah, well, we can think <laughs> it back to Tom Cruise's uh, broken ankle on Mission Impossible, and he he just pushed on. He's like, let's do this. He was back running on it in a couple of weeks or something stupid. Yeah, so uh, then a quick learn from Tom. Yep. That's that's fine. That's the broken ankle story. What else you got? <laughs> My last bit of news. Oh yeah, is um. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh boy! Yeah, this, this is on my list as well. <laughs> <laughs> it has been delayed by three months for a redesign of the character. That's brilliant. After after um very generous feedback from the viewing public on the trailer. So um we talk about Sonic the Hedgehog a lot in our news section. I mean, <laughs> considering that we have no intention of watching, we might have to watch it, season. <laughs> We want to watch it after we uh, um, Yeah, that's fine. I'm sure it'll be great. Um, I have two more pieces of news. Um, one of them is about Bong Joon-ho, who I believe is Korean. Um, and his film Parasite has just won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. Uh, okay. I thought I'd bring a slight, uh, you know, more indie feel to this uh, podcast. Is it an uh, English language film? Uh, I think so. It's a black comedy thriller mm-hmm. uh, about a group of people who insinuate themselves as servants in some of some other family. I think um, oh. I've I've never I'm not too excited. I must confess by um, by the world of Cannes, but I was interested that uh, Rocky was not Rocky. Um, Sly Stallone was there talking about Rambo, and Rambo doesn't feel like a Cannes kind of film to me. No, not re- not, not particularly. <laughs> um, Tell you what, it, it, this film might be actually might be in Korean. I don't know. Um, okay, okay. Uh, I, I I'm ambivalent with Cannes. I mean, um, some good films have gone through it. Um, some yeah. not so good ones have as well. So, yeah, the, the new Quentin Tarantino got rapturous uh, reception there. Apparently, it seems like they always give rapturous receptions to pretty much everything. Uh, yeah, they seem to be quite flattened, Jonas. Although some, every now and again they'll decide to boo something. Um, there's no, I think there's no middle ground between like 10 minutes of innovation and booed off That's the, those are your options uh, well, I guess if you flew all the way to Cairns you, you may as well do it all the way right yeah you got to, I mean, it's not like you just went down the local uh, showcase um, exactly so the final piece of news and this is a repeat of a, of a fun game from last year I don't know if you remember this fun game season, where I tell you the film that was most complained about in the UK in 2018 and you uh-huh. guess how many complaints it had um, so the film was Red Sparrow had the most complaints to the BBFC yes I read about that how many complaints do you think it had I think it's less than 100 I think it was less than 50 as well like 46 oh 64 not bad um, <laughs> I remember those digits, right digits. <laughs> um, I think in second place is Peter Rabbit because people, people didn't like the scene where uh, a guy uh, with a strawberry allergy had strawberry stone at him yeah that's yeah don't, don't, don't feed people strawberries when you have an allergy no um, also don't apparently make a film with torture in it and put a 15 certificate on it 
they did that. I, I've not seen Red Sparrow. Um, no, I haven't seen it. I've read about. Oh no, sorry, I listened to a podcast about it, and it sounds haunting. Um, I'll, <laughs> no, I'm not watching that. Um, anyway, sixty-four of the people agree. It's, uh, it's horror. Um, well, that's the news section. Uh, I know. Good, be, good for Keanu Reeves. Good, yeah. So, well, um, let's move on to to see or not to Z. Uh-huh. Um, where we talk about film or films that we have seen and tell you the listener whether you should see them or not Z them have you seen any films in the mo- in the last week Zijan? yes I have actually excellent uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so apart from Rocketman which came out last week Aladdin came out as well, as well. yes and I have seen the latest uh, incarnation of Aladdin have you the latest okay. live action film uh, yesterday with uh, the genie played by Will Smith and I, I know Naomi Scott played uh, Jasmine, but I can't remember mm. the name of the actor who played Aladdin. I think it's Mena something. He's he's from Egyptian uh, lineage. So, okay. Yeah. Um. So like like most of the Disney live action films, they do follow the cartoon very closely. In fact, there there were some shots which are pretty much like for like, and some lines which are pretty much stolen from the cartoon itself. Oh, yeah. Um. It's quite a long film. It's two hours long okay. and I think that coming out from it uh, I think you should watch the cartoon again instead <laughs> I think they padded it out a lot they, they just added too much unnecessary stuff in, the, in this film um, Jafar for example had the weirdest motivation in this film I guess because they wanted to give him more of a storyline rather than just being just generically he evil to be the sultan. yeah exactly so they wanted to give him more of a storyline but how was yeah. uh, how was Will Smith? Oh, he's great. Um, yeah. Like, but yeah, yeah, he's so, great. I mean, you, it, Robin, you, you usually hate Will Smith. So I, I I do usually hate Will Smith because he usually makes uh, the movies all about himself, um, and I think it's a very hard act to follow Robin Williams as the genie. Mm. Um, but I think he did a, a pretty decent job, and um, in Aladdin, I think most people go in to watch the genie anyway. So him making. The movie all about himself isn't too bad. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, uh, I think yeah, it, it was just too long for his own good. They gave they gave a backstory to Jasmine as well and a new song, uh, written by uh, Pasek and Paul, the ones behind the Greatest Showman, oh, okay. and La La Land uh, as well. Um, she has a new song. Um, but yeah, it's all, all just padding and all just padding. And Jafar doesn't turn into a giant snake in the end, which I was super disappointed with. Oh well, <laughs> uh, I guess. Too many villains turn into snakes. <laughs> oh, what other villains turn into a snake? Um, Nagini. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was thinking of the end of um, Enchanted, but that's a dragon rather than a snake, isn't it? But that is a dragon. Yeah, Confusing correct. reptiles. Very different. Um, fine. So should I see it? You you have the 1992 version, don't you? Well, just watch it again. I mean, I, I watched it for the first time like last well, about a week and a half ago. Should I do yeah, it? Do I need to watch it again? Yeah, just watch it again then. Okay. Uh, there's a really annoying fly in the room that keeps buzzing past me. Um, I have... To be honest, I've not seen a film. The, the only film I have seen was... I was doing a crossword and I had um, 13 going on 30 on the background because it's one That's of my... That's so surprising, Colin. It's very rare that I'm the one with the film and you without I th- one. I think this is the first time ever that I've not had a uh, not had a film for this section. This is it. You, that's why you should have done like what I've done and saved up like uh, <laughs> a lot of films that I've saw. You know, <laughs> yeah, so I, I could a, just pick a, a random film that I saw <laughs> some years ago. But no, um, I won't. I won't study the podcast with uh, 
with that fiction. Instead, we shall move on to Actor Factor, uh, where we uh, discuss the films of an actor, uh, in this case, Keanu Reeves. Eventually, he's arrived. Oh, Keanu Reeves, you're my favourite Keanu. Bit harsh on that that film by Keo Peel called Keanu. <laughs> I may have made up. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure so. Um, he is John Wick in uh, the John Wick trilogy, and, and I'm sure that when we, in fact, John Wick's still out, isn't it? This is still this is still relevant. It is, and uh, John Wick Four is coming out as well. I think they're making a sequel to it. John Wick Three had gotten very good reviews. Oh yeah, very very good reviews. I've not seen it, but it makes me want to see it. Like excellent reviews all across the board. Have you seen the first two John Wicks? I may have seen the first one, but I can't. I keep confusing it with the Tom Cruise film. What's the Tom Cruise film which has uh, him being a Jack Reacher? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I... So maybe one of them that I've seen. I can't remember which one. Uh, fine. I I I have definitely watched the Jack Reachers. Um, I watched uh, most of John Wick the other day. Mm-hmm. I think I taped it off the TV or taped it. I recorded the TV and um... what piracy is this, Colin? Uh, I think it's a perfectly legitimate. <laughs> I just pressed record when it came onto Channel Four or something. Um, and I kind of watched, yeah, I'd say two thirds of it was maybe, uh, and then I had to do something else. And I thought, to be honest, I just can't bother to watch the rest of this. So, um, so how was the first two thirds of it? I, not really my thing. To be I mean, it wasn't bad as such. It's just if if you're into kind of action and shooting people in exciting ways, mm. I guess it's pretty good. I'm not really into those things. So, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of people threatening each other and saying you didn't kill John you didn't kill John Wick's wife did you I don't know John Wick's gonna get you and then John Wick gets him <laughs> that's supposed to be I think people, it, people like the kind of the fairly brutal but efficient killing so there's lots of headshots it's, it's well known for mm. um, but yeah I just thought I, I guess if you if you look, look at a YouTube clip of him going to a restaurant and killing lots of people and you've got the gist um, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, oh. yeah, and, and I think they've got crazier as they've gone on, as these things tend to do. So, he's now he's riding horses and shooting people and stuff. But, um. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, well, maybe I'll just check out the last film. I was going to say that Keanu Reeves has been missing lately, but I just realized that he has many films coming out. So, he is in, also in Toy Story 4. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, on its way in June, July, I can't remember when. And also, obviously, the sequel for Bill and Ted. Yeah, Bill and Ted Face the Music is is yeah. finally uh, finally coming. So two of the, two of the films I've seen of his are, are Bill and Ted films. Uh, we've talked about them before, but uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is great. Um, it's great fun. I, I used to watch the cartoon TV series when I was a kid, um, which apparently he voiced. I kind of assumed they'd got a voice alike, but apparently he turned up for it. He wasn't wasn't huge at that point, so I guess I think mm. it, I think it was pretty speed. So it kind of makes sense. But yeah, it's great, great fun. The very nice characters. Uh, have you seen the Bill and Ted's? I have. I've seen the first one. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've seen the second one, or maybe I've seen it and got very bored by it. Yeah, uh, I know the second one wasn't that great. I thought the second one was terrible. Uh, some people I know prefer it, but uh, yeah, nothing is a, it's a big mess. Um, the 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 next one, the prequel, sorry, sequel, I think is bringing in elements of both. So this character, death, is a character in the second one. I think they're bringing him in uh, again. Uh, but yes, yeah, so to me, that's Keanu Reeves' greatest role, playing Bill either Ted's. playing Bill or Ted. I don't know which one he is. Probably, I think he's, I think he's Ted. <laughs> I think it's Ted as well. Cool. Is that the only film you've seen him in? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, after uh, Bill and Ted's adventure, so I think the first film I've seen him was definitely um, in the Matrix series. Yes. That was before I went backwards and, and saw his earlier stuff. But obviously, he's probably the most well-known in, from the Matrix series as uh, Neo. Um, and I, the Matrix was groundbreaking for its time. 
to be mm. honest, the Wachowskis' uh, siblings uh, introduced bullet time to action scenes. I think they changed the whole face of uh, the cinematography for action scenes from that um, mm. from that mm. film alone. And you know, you 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 one you cannot deny that it's not groundbreaking in that right. Honestly, um, I won't I won't attempt to. <laughs> and and it did create. Um, I mean, I love. I th- I think the first Matrix is good, very very good. I mean, um, it has a very intriguing storyline that um you know you've not heard of before um the sequels weren't as good as the first one um especially the second one was just bizarre with the twins and the third one with all the agent smiths but the first one was excellent um introducing the idea that what we're living in is not really the real world and that we're actually hooked on to by machines to provide uh, energy to them i feel like we've talked about the matrix recently on here i can't think why we would have done but uh Things well. um, I think it was in our 1999 film. Ah, uh, that would be it then. Yes, because it, it feels. I, I say I, I agree with all everything you said, but I, I think it hasn't aged brilliantly in terms of. I think the action has, but the, the, the dynamic, the music, the costumes all feel mm. very 90s. I think so. Um, I've not seen the the next two. Mm. Uh, uh, the prequels. Oh, that's yeah, poor. Yeah, that's poor. Don't, don't, don't yeah. watching. Uh, I've seen Speed, obviously, um, which is an absolute classic. Uh, of the genre, uh, if anyone hasn't seen Speed, it's a guy on a bus, and if the bus goes drops below fifty miles an hour, it blows up. Which is just a it's such a simple premise, but it's done very, very well. It is. It um, is. Um, Sandra Block is great in it. So I think it's one of her starting hmm. a breakthrough role, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think she might have done um, a Demolition Man before that, possibly. But yeah, it certainly kind of elevated her into into stardom. Hmm. Uh, uh, again, I've not seen the sequels of that, which apparently isn't good, and Keanu Reeves isn't in it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's basically just a few action scenes strung together, and the stuff on the train isn't as good. But the, the idea, and the kind of the imagination of, well, what what would you do in this situation? I think it's, um, they think of everything you might do, and, and they do it well. Hmm. Uh, I've seen Parenthood, which I don't particularly remember much about the film. I think he plays one of the sons of Steve Martin, potentially. Um, but the, I have watched a lot of the TV series that was spun off from it, which has got very little to do with the film, I think, other than just the concept of family. Um, but yes, so the film's very forgettable. Uh, a Scanner Darkly. Have you seen that one? No. I've heard of it, though, for some weird reason. Yeah, it's weird. Um, very weird. So it's it's animated, but I think, I think it's filmed and animated on top in this very weird kind of uh, moving images style. It's very, very difficult to explain. Um, but okay. Um, yeah, you just gonna have to look it up. I can't <laughs> uh, but you can't use uh, Robert Downey Jr. But it's basically a guy who is observing, um, like he, he's got cameras to observe on someone who's being suspected of something. I'm going to be light on detail here. Um, but it turns out he's looking at himself, and but he's drugged or something in such a way that he forgets when he's that he does that. It's all very strange. Um, and <laughs> that, if you've watched Scanner Darkly, you'll probably realise that most of what I've said there is probably inaccurate. But I just, I remember uh, enjoying it. But it's, uh, yeah, it's Richard Linklater, who doesn't normally go in for that kind of thing. Um, so he's the guy behind Boyhood or Dazed and Confused. Uh, so I think it was an exciting experiment. Mm. And, and the, so the animation is very, very uh, freaky. And um, I think they, if I think if I remember rightly, they done a lot of it in one style and kind of scrapped it and redid it. Uh, in this new style, um, so you can check that out if you want to watch a weird film. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that never has been my criteria, but okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, you got any more? 
Uh, one last one, uh, which is Constantine, but you, you, you all know I hated this film, so mm. yeah. Um, so I've also got the Lake House, uh, reteaming him with Sandra Bullock in a, a pleasant time travel kind of adventure with with a dog. Um, my brother is a big fan of Lake House. I, th- I think it's pretty good. Yeah, that's okay. good speed. Um, so my favorite of these, I'm going to say Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, mine would be The Matrix for what it's done for cinema. Uh, and my least favourite... Um, it's Constantine for me. Yeah, I'm say Bill and Ted's Burgers Journey. Um, I forgot to mention Feel Minnesota, which I believe I watched the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of many years ago. Yeah. Um, so it is. <laughs> I think it's because um, it had Cameron Diaz in it, and I was watching Cameron Diaz films at the time. I think she dies fairly early on. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> just cheery. We then this. Yep. Um, right then. So the main topic of today. Uh, what are we doing next time? Who are we doing? Oh, next who's, time? good point. Uh, next time, Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. Oh, this is going to be bad. How many films I've seen with Jamie Bell in it? I don't know. We're running out of actors. Um, so next time, no, we aren't. Next factor is the great Jamie Bell, uh, husband of Kate Mara. Whose name apparently is pronounced Mera. I think I'm surprised by that every time I say it. Uh, you'll have seen more than you think. Okay. That Fantastic okay. Four, for example. Um, I, everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I had Jamie Bell lined up a couple of weeks ago, and it was going to be a nice intro, or fact, about a month ago, when it was going to be a nice intro into the uh, into Rocket Man. Um, and now uh, we're, now we're actually doing back. Rocket Man, so uh, <laughs> uh, I'm having. A, I'm having a quick look. Oh, yeah, you'll have seen that one. Yeah, loads. Loads of them. We're probably going to have to set aside a whole episode. Okay, okay. Fine. No, I think we're going to have about two films each. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Right then, we move on to Rocket Man. Uh, yes. The biopic of Elton John, executive produced by Elton John. So it's mm-hmm. um, that's an interesting dynamic there. Yes. Um, what we normally do is spoilers, non-spoilers. I, I think there's probably not too much in the way of spoilers here, but let's, no, I don't. Do you want to? Do you I don't just, know. Do you want to ignore that? And just go straight into any yeah, spoilers yeah, let's, stuff. Let's go into it. Like I, I don't really know what is a spoiler anyway. Um, I mean, yeah, let's just let's just go spoilers from the start. And if you're particularly worried about this, then watch the film and come back and listen to us afterwards. Cool. Um, I, I think that's a solid plan. Um, so Zijan, usually you're the man who tells us what's what's going on. But before you yep. do that, um, mm-hmm. are you are you an Elton John fan? Do you, do you listen to his music? Have you got his albums? I you... I do listen to his music. Um, I I do listen to his music. Um, I do remember listening to them when I was a teenager. Oh yeah. Um, and obviously he became very big when Candle in the Wind came out. Obviously, Princess Diana's death. Yes. And yes. The Lion King. All his music uh, were in that. So after Lion King and Candle in the Wind, I think I went back to his uh, back catalogue and started listening to them as well. Oh, yeah. So I can tell you what my favorite Elton John song is. Um, it's definitely uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Oh, that's a great that's song. That's my favorite that's Elton song. John song. Yeah. Um, what about you? What's your relationship with Elton John? Uh, well, um, <laughs> that's a different question. Um, the uh, yeah, no, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road is one of my favorite albums. Um, I got it at uni. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what got, what got me into Elton John. Maybe I, just, I think. Like, like a lot of people kind of discovering music a bit more at university um, mm. so just trying various things and yeah that was one of the first um, things I had as great as hits as well but yeah in my uh, Goodbye Yellow Rose up there in, in my top 10 albums probably um, and I've bought a few of his other albums as well so don't shoot me on the piano player uh, Captain Fantastic Brando Cowboy Captain the Kid 
So I think he's fantastic. Um, one, so I love. I mean, I love piano rock anyway, which is, mm. is his thing. Uh, but yeah, great voice. I'm never quite sure why he's quite so American in his singing, but that's a different. Um, he always sings an American accent. Mm. Uh, right, so I definitely didn't know him in like his flamboyant years, obviously, because we only get to know him after that. Yeah, so, so definitely I think- all. All this that happened in the biopic is all new to me. Okay, because I was aware of it, and a lot of the stuff I've seen, uh, kind of things, some of his, like the costume where he's, you know, is it Yankees? Some sort of baseball uh, thing. I'd seen lots of pictures of that. And so I I knew that he was a kind of very flamboyant. Certainly when I was listening to him, he wasn't producing new music, so it was all Mm. back catalogue stuff. Uh, yeah, so um, so I I didn't know masses, but I, I guess I knew the basics of his life story. There mm-hmm. wasn't really much in this film that surprised me about his life. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, okay. So we're uh, tell, tell us. <laughs> Is that uh, my <laughs> tell us, tell us Zijan, um as we much as you want just, to? <laughs> we just pretty much just talk about the story already. But anyway, uh, uh, so Rocket Man is directed by. If you could Dexter make your Dexter. indignation a bit longer, we want to pad out the time. <laughs> um, Rocket Man is directed by Dexter Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Who, for those who don't know, also directed um, Bohemian Rhapsody last year. Well, he did. He fixed bits of it after Brian Singer left. Really, and then um, didn't get a director's credit because um, I think there's something about Directors Guild of America or something that only allows one director, mm. or possibly group directors, to, to to have a credit. So he got an executive producer credit. I think. Oh, really? And apparently, um, Bohemian Rhapsody was his idea to begin with as well. So. I think, um, yeah, there was some politics going on there. But I brought it up because I'm pretty certain that there will be some comparisons between Rocketman and Bohemian Rhapsody in Absolutely. this podcast. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not, well, only, not only because they're both directed by the same person, um, but they're also both very two prominent um, queer icons in the British music industry. Um, with uh, with quite a history. and Yeah, so, and, and a similar time period. And in fact... Um, Alan Reed is a character who who appeared in both films. Yes, apparently. is it um, Alan Reed? Is it? I thought it was John Reed. Or? Oh, maybe it's John Reed. Yes. Mm. Um, so John Reed was the manager of uh, of Elton and his lover as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's op- apparently also the manager of Freddie Mercury or, or Queen. Yeah. Mm. So I'm not sure which character he was. To be honest, in being um, mm. it, it, unless he was the villain in that one as well. <laughs> I, I don't remember him being there but the film stars um, Taron Egerton um, as Elton John um, there's been quite a lot of history um, with Taron Egerton and Elton John mm. so this mm. isn't his first film that he's sung an Elton John song in no he has yeah no um, I, 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 sang, I, I know I've, I've watched Sing <laughs> you watched Sing yeah so he sang I'm Still Standing in Sing um, he also starred with Elton John in Kingsman 2 hmm and I think Dexter Fletcher directed Taron uh, in um, Eddie the Eagle. So there's yes. a lot of yes. uh, parts, uh, <laughs> connecting parts, just, you know, <laughs> same people doing the same thing. <laughs> yes, I can't think of any more. But yes, that, that'll do that's, that's enough to be going on, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, so we see him, um, it's kind of his life story up until, well, I'm not sure what, 80s maybe? Um, and it's kind of framed of him being in a rehab session and, and talking back over his over his life from from childhood yes. onwards mm-hmm. um yeah in fact it's because a lot of the marketing around this well the marketing hasn't compared to Bohemian Rhapsody but a lot of the comparisons have been and it's the, the key distinctions I guess or some of them are 
um, that it's it's actually a musical, unlike Bohemian Rhapsody. So I think a lot of people probably won't be aware that it's a musical until they mm-hmm. until it hits them. Um, it's got fantastical elements. Um, there's been a lot made of the fact of the kind of it's it's R-rated in America. It's 15 over here with kind of really? sex and drugs um, fairly prominent, although not as prominent as as I had imagined they would be from the from the reviews. Yeah. I agree with that. Like, I expected much worse, but mm. it didn't come across that bad. And I think, so, I know we're making a comparison with Bohemian Rhapsody here. Like, when I came out from the film um, last year from Bohemian Rhapsody, and I, you know, the critics were saying that I was over-sanitized, etc., etc. Yeah. I didn't really get that bit. But no. now after ro- watching Rocket Man, I can, <laughs> I can see the difference between uh, what, you know, they could have shown in Bohemian Rhapsody, I guess. I mean, they, the, the, the bad parts of Freddie Mercury's life, I mean, it was only very briefly touched upon, whereas in Rocketman, they definitely go into more detail. They do. I, I say, as you're saying, there's not as much difference as I thought there would be. And, and, and I, I find that criticism of Bohemian Rhapsody weird, like like yourself, in that, I mean, they didn't shy away from the fact that, that he was gay. They didn't shy away from the fact that he took drugs. They, they showed... At least hinted at, and I think showed those those things made it very clear. And for the saying, well, the, the film was more about the music, and uh, mm. this one, I think, yeah, as you say, went more down that path. You actually saw him taking drugs. Actually, there is a a sex scene, uh, but it's not like it's kind of like oh, half of the film's taken up with that. Is it? It's it's still mostly about the music and, and about his personal relationships with yeah. fellow musicians, etc. So, in in terms of the story beats, it found it felt very similar. Um, there's, there's a guy called Patrick Willems on, on YouTube who does kind of film reviews and analysis and stuff and he did one on musical biopics mm-hmm. um, which if you've listened to our musical biopics episode already um, then you can check it out but he's, he's pointing out that uh, a lot of them hit the exact same thing so it starts off with a, a scene of him talking someone asked him a question he looks back at his life up to that point you have the kind of the, the breakthrough song the the producer who doesn't believe him until he hears that this genius moment it all goes wrong with, with, with drugs and sex and where else and he loses his friends but he gets back to to he overcomes his demons and he gets back in with them and this hits all of those beats so it's like it's like walk the line it's like well raided a lot of that stuff i think but um but that's quite standard though isn't it like i, I would imagine most people in the same profession to follow the same trajectory <laughs> like I'm sure we have the same trajectory, Colin. You and me. That that time that I I uh, got all those drug drug problems knocked me off course, <laughs> as it knocked me off my actuarial work until I went to rehab and overcame it. I think we I think you and I have very different stories, Jan. If um, yeah, that's why they don't make a film about actuaries. That's true. They uh, did make one about an accountant, though. Uh, yes, that's Who true. Hitman. Um, in fact, when is the accountant two coming out? That's supposed to be in the life pipeline, isn't it? No one cares. Uh, no. Uh, so it's weird because it it feels um feels more like Deadpool in some ways, and it it really it's a very imaginative um, film that is in fact very conventional at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it is very stylized though, and there are bits which are very very surreal. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the key difference I think. I say because it's a musical. It's not just a story of his life, although it is a story of his life. But yeah, as you say, it's fantastic. So the bit in the, in the trailers at the Troubadour where he's playing uh, Crocodile Rock and Crocodile starts Rock. kind of floating, floating. off the yeah. mm-hmm. And there's um, that's probably the most fantastical it gets. But but oh, actually, no, 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 not not the Rocket no, Man. No, 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 no. Blasts off into space. 
He does, doesn't he? How could I forget? And um, <laughs> uh, and you do see plenty of um, well, because it's musical. It's it's not just here's the song I'm going to play. Although there are some of that, you, you do get right from the off. You get um, I want love being sung by the young Elton or young Reg as he was that one, uh, and his mum and his dad and his gran. Um, I really didn't know his earlier songs as well. Um, I think I only started recognizing his songs after um, he met the producer, so in his young adult days. But before that, I didn't recognize the song that the young Elton sang and the one that teenage Elton sang as well. Well, Saturday Night's Arrived for Fighting? No, I don't no. recognize that. No? Oh, well, okay. That's um, that's on the Good Boy Yellow Bit Road album from early. Uh, and it's one of my favourites, so I, I thought that was fantastic, and I really loved the way that transitioned as well. So that's when we go from teenage Elton to that. That that was great. That was one of my yeah. that that was brilliant. I didn't expect the transition, and I after I saw that, I was like, oh, I should have seen this coming, but I didn't. <laughs> and I liked that it happened, and it was done so well. And that that whole musical scene in the fun fair that was brilliant. Yeah, I, that was. I think that's when we've kind of realised because I, I cutting to the chase. I, I I love this film. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, Me too. And that was probably the bit where I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Because uh, it had been good up to that point. And in fact, very emotional as well. So I think that the, the I Want Love uh, bit, which um, was all, yeah, all about uh, young Reggie White, White, Dwight, Reggie Dwight. Mm, um, Reggie Dwight, I think. Um, not feeling love from his parents and his parents not feeling love from each other, etc. Et was very moving, I thought. And you kind of sometimes cut back to um, the kind of Elton John in rehab and obviously affecting him as well. Mm. I feel like we are jumping all over the place. Yeah. We are jumping all over the place. Do you want to? Uh, yeah. Do you want to try and streamline it more? Or? Uh, well, we might as well. We can just start with uh, Taron Egerton's performance as yes. Elton. Yeah, he's brilliant. Like there were so many, <laughs> there were so many times where I forgot that he looks so much like Elton John. Especially in some angles, it's it's uncanny. The, the resemblance is uncanny. Yeah, particularly later on, I think when they done his got his hairline and all in place. But certainly his um and some of his mannerisms as well. Yeah, he he, he does it so well. And one more thing is he can sing. Mm. He can really sing. Like for those who who like who thinks that this is all auto tune and all, I, you should go on YouTube and see uh, Taron Egerton sing "Tiny Dancer" with Elton John. Um, at the, after the Carnival Awards, I think, and then he oh, also yeah. sang Rocket Man uh, recently at the Cannes Festival with Elton. This 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 man can sing mm. very well. Yeah, he's and um, hearing interviews, it's interesting that I think early on he was trying he in rehearsals he was doing this trying to do an Elton John impression, mm-hmm. uh, and Elton I think himself said, "Don't do that. Sound like yourself." And and he, in fact, he does sound quite a lot like Elton John. Um, sometimes, in fact, when they're when they were playing it in the background, kind of as a scene transition or something, I wasn't sure whether it was Elton or not. But, um, but it's not a slavish impersonation; it's a it's his own thing, which I think mm. is probably smart. And again, that's another difference between Bohemian Rhapsody, where um, I don't think Rami Malek sang a note, did he? But it's, so they certainly played Freddie Mercury and had another impersonator. I think kind of um, blended. Yeah, together I think times. yeah, they definitely blended the, the mm. voices together mm. for that, but. Yeah, Taron to be able to do this is actually quite an impressive feat. Yeah, I I, th- I mean I loved Ryan Malek's performance. I thought it was fantastic, but I think Taron Egerton has to be in the Oscar discussion. Mm, um, definitely, you, Tom Hardy was originally in the running to play Elton John, but I, I just can't see him doing it. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean Tom Tom Hardy, I think is quite uh, flexible, so he might have been able to, but mm. I don't think he could have done it better. Um, 
Yes. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard plays his mum. Um, very well, I thought. Considering how was her uh, British accent? I can say her British accent was was very good. Um, I'm not sure what part of the world Elton John's from, actually. Um, or part Can't of you tell from her accent? Um, I should have been able to, I suppose, but I couldn't. Uh, but she she suddenly had no American slipping through, so I was I was impressed by that. Um, mm. And yeah, in in real life, I know that he was kind of ostracised from his, or the, he and his mum didn't speak to each other for a very long time. I think they started speaking again um, a few years before her death, which they didn't really play into. In the, I mean, they had them kind of falling out, mm. um, but there wasn't. They didn't play through that that line. Uh, yeah, I think it was quite. It was sometimes a little bit over the top in terms of um, I don't think she had the same kind of subtlety that Taron Edgerton did or, or some of the other cast did mm-hmm. it was quite on the nose at times that, that is very true but <laughs> yeah hmm. well, I agree with you on that bit but yeah um, I, I never had a particular fondness for Bryce Dallas Howard she yeah she was okay. <laughs> yeah, she's very good in fifty-fifty. Um, but uh, yes, generally she's she's very she's fine, but nothing mm. much more. Um, yeah, I, in fact, talk, since I'm talking about that, some of the emotional bits I think worked fantastically. But there were she wasn't always helped by the script. So there's, there's a bit when she says quite late on, uh, "Have you got any idea what a disappointment it is to be your mother?" Mm. And I think that's really on the nose. Where and it's, I'm not sure it's something that anyone would say. I mean, maybe she did. I don't know. Um, whereas other bits, see, like when so his his dad, who will come on to, who, who um, when you see him kind of not hugging his child, and then uh, not so not hugging Elton, but then he hugs his boys later, his, his other boys mm. later on, and Elton sees it. And that's it's not exactly uh, the subtlest one takes, but it's much more subtle than just yelling stuff at you. And so I thought that worked a lot better. That, that's true. Mm. Um, we have Jamie Bell. Mm. Playing uh, Bernie Taupin, um, Elton's uh, best friend, I guess, and uh, his songwriter as well. Yes. Yeah. So this is all news to me because I didn't know that you know he and uh, Bernie had such a long-lasting friendship. Uh, okay. Uh, and yeah, I, and obviously uh, my my knowledge of Jamie Bell's films is very minimal, as yeah. you'll probably find out in the next podcast. <laughs> but I love Jamie Bell in this. I thought he did it very well. Yeah, uh, as Bernie and. He- that hair really suits him. Um. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. He he actually looks really good with long hair. I've never seen him with long hair before. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Weirdly, I thought his accent slipped a bit more than um, than than Bryce Dallas Howard or anyone else's did. So that I think yeah, I agree. He he it was a fantastic performance, really understated, and you can tell that there was a lot more that wasn't in. The dialogue, I suppose, to, to explain their relationship, like when they were looking at each other, when mm. uh, just a few words, and you could see that he understood Elton John. And whilst Elton yes. John kind of is much more dramatic and flamboyant, obviously, there's Elton, isn't it? Yeah, you could see that's that understanding. But yeah, his accent did slip around a little bit. I thought. Um, I can't. I can't tell. <laughs> I really can't tell. Right. Accents just go all over my head. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, so <laughs> he got to do a bit of singing, didn't he? Didn't, didn't have. Um, um, Yellow Brick Road, my that song. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did at the end when, when, you know, when they were supposed to be parting ways. But it's, I think Bernie is just more disappointed in Elton than anything else, mm. rather than like an angry, angry kind of thing. Um, I think his voice is, is okay. Yeah, it was fine, wasn't it? I mean, he's not going to be headlining a, a musical, but he's, no. I mean, he's playing a character who 
can't sing. Exactly. Uh, so, Supposed to be tone deaf as well. So. Yeah. Um, so obviously it's a musical, so it doesn't quite work with that amount of logic. But yes, he uh, doesn't need to have a powerful voice. I think he did it fine. Um, but yeah, f- fantastic performance. I really enjoyed those two together as well. Yeah, they're such a good relationship. <laughs> I, I don't mind watching a film with just those two in it. It's mm. really good. Um, um, yeah, because I was there's a film called Cap- sorry, uh, an album called Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy, um, which I think was about their first year in America. But that that was one of Elton's albums, and and he Elton was the Captain Fantastic, and and, and Bernie was the Brown Dirt Cowboy of the title of the album. Um, and then oh really? Many years later, uh, probably in about ooh, 2005, something like that, 2006, maybe, um, they did an album called The Captain and the Kid. Which was uh, effectively supposed to be a, a sequel album um, covering the the events since then, um, which featured a song called "Old 67," which I used as a on a video I put together of my time spent in a, a house that was number 67. So there you go. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I remember that. You remember that well. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, next, we have our. Oh, sorry. Go on. I was gonna say uh, we haven't talked about his dad other than that brief mention. So I. I I'm not sure who the actor was he played his dad. Um, um, I may have written it down, but I didn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He looks a bit like Alexander Armstrong at times, but obviously it wasn't. Um, he does, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Well, the, the dad didn't have much to do, though. He's just, you know, this stoic self who doesn't love Elton. For some weird reason, I have no idea why. They, they didn't really explore that bit. Yeah, but. I mean, it seems like he, he never wanted to be... Um, Never wanted to be tied down by Boris Dallas Howard. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he just... Left all of them. Yeah, so when he got the opportunity to leave, he did. Mm. Um, well. Um, we missed out... So there's Richard Madden? Yes, who, who from, I must admit, I didn't recognise, because I've never seen The Bodyguard, so I'm <laughs> I just looking at him saying, he looks a bit like Topher Grace, but I don't think it is Topher Grace. No, no, he doesn't look like Topher Grace at all, no. Um, so I, I, Richard... I, uh, I think he does. Um. <laughs> no, he doesn't. So <laughs> Richard Richard Madden is from uh, the Bodyguard fame, which he's up and coming. He was also in the Game of Thrones as a uh, oh, stock, yeah. and also in the Cinderella film uh, with Kenneth Branagh. Um, was he? Who's he playing? That? Yeah, he's Prince Charming. Yeah, well, good for him. You've seen that film? I have seen that film. I didn't remember him. <laughs> but yeah, so Richard Madden plays uh, John Reed. Uh, Adam, uh, Elton's manipulative lover slash producer. Uh, yes, and uh, he was. I mean, he was strong. I think. I think he was a little bit too obvious. He was going to be the villain of the piece, maybe. Yeah, um, he did. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, with with what he was given, right? What What else can you be? He was schmarmy. He was. It was very obvious that he was using Elton to further his own goals. Uh, and um, it's, yeah, and and um, it's interesting because because this is all the, the framing device of this was Elton John in a in rehab view. and his point of view. Yeah, they, they yeah. didn't really play too hard into the kind of unreliable narr- narrator uh, idea, where and you you saw things where Elton is saying one thing like, "Oh yeah, I had a lovely childhood. My dad was always hugging me," and then you'd see the opposite. Mm. Um, so you could clearly tell he was lying in that group, but th- there wasn't any any hint of uh, <laughs> possible. Um, Lying for on John Reed's part. Exactly. So, so, um, so I don't know whether we're supposed to think, well, maybe Elton's everything, or maybe because Elton is involved in the film, he's like, no, that guy's terrible. Um, 
it is his perspective after all, right? At the end of the day. Like, there's no way that Alton can see anything differently from John Wick's point of view. And I highly doubt that they're going, the producers of the film are going to, like, ask John Wick to come in and give his side of the story. Uh, um, no, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he did, he did well. He's slimy. He was, um, and violent as well. Because um, at the start, I was thinking, oh, is Elton's dad going to hit him? And, mm-hmm. and, he, and he didn't. Um, but then, kind of almost out of nowhere, um, John Reed yeah, punches him at one stage. So it's really kind of a domestic abuse uh, subplot going on. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it, it does get quite dark in various places. Um, it's one of those things, though, because Elton doesn't believe that anyone loves him. Um, mm. and he actually thought that John Reed could be the one that understood him that's why he stuck with him that's how abused people are aren't they yeah they, yeah. they, they just get emotionally manipulated that until that they just shrink into a, a shell of their former selves um, being yeah. manipulated like that, yeah. and, in, and then it, it worked very well even though it is a bit of a, a musical biopic um, trope or cliche of the kind of you had all the success but it's, you still feel empty um, isn't the success you wanted uh, which I think they all do but it yeah so I can't, I can't I, as you say that that probably is the story of Elton's career to a certain extent it is um, it is um, so, so why not yeah. <laughs> I know when you mentioned that because um, the, the sequence when he started singing Rocket Man hmm. uh, there was a part when you know he was you know feeling all alone like no one understood him there I found that was a fantastic moment that was probably my favorite bit the mm. whole Rocket okay. Man sequence um, I didn't realize Rocket Man was such a sad song <laughs> until I saw that sequence and yeah now now I kind of understand where where the, the song is coming from and I enjoyed the entire bit right from the beginning to the end when you see um, Elton John coming out with his, with his uh, baseball costume and before he went on stage mm. um, he put on this giant smile right which Before reminded me on. a bit of um, I Tonya, when uh, when she's kind of grinning at herself in the mirror to try and ah, yeah, get herself yeah. ready to go out on the ice. Yeah, um, yeah and, and that's that was strange because they, you, I, I agree uh, that was a very moving part and one of the one of the better songs. But you kind of think, who is the real Elton John? Because it felt like almost at one point they're trying to say all this, yeah, the razzmatazz, the costumes. That's not really him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think they realised towards the end, I mean, well, the audience realised where else that, that, that in fact that is him. That's him being who he wants to be. Yes. Um, which is yeah, which is a slightly different way that the to the way that I thought this might pan out. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I've, I've made a list of my favourite songs um, from the film. In fact, yeah, we've talked most of them. But um, uh, Tiny Dancer, we haven't expressly talked about. So that's when he's at a club or sorry, a party in LA. Um, we've already seen that he he um he likes Bernie Taupin in a way that Bernie Taupin does not like him. So you got him kind of watching Bernie go off with this this girl, and that yeah, was so good as well. Music. Yeah, I, I forgot mm. all about it, but now that you've mentioned it, it, it just yeah, it just bring back to that mm. scene. That is that was done really really well. Yeah, yeah. so if I probably should say a lot, a lot of the songs. Some some of them are kind of like as you sound as they sound the record like Saturday Night's Right for Fighting is more or less how it sounds on the record for example whereas the ones we just talked about oh, I want a Rocket Man Tiny Dancer Goodbye Yellow Brick Road are kind of alternate versions um, and yes gen- generally to fit in with the, the mood of that time and sometimes the lyrics fit with what's happening and sometimes they really don't but let's not worry too much about they, they tend to make sense though most of the time most of the time um, what I do find the, the only thing I was thinking 
this doesn't quite work, and it's a minor quibble, that only because it, it struck me in the cinema, is that since we know that Bernie wrote all these songs pretty much, or the majority of them, you can't really say they're about how Elton was feeling at that time, necessarily. Um, so I thought that was... I mean, maybe, maybe it works as far as the musical goes, but just in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, this clearly isn't Elton writing about his struggle with drugs because he didn't write it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he wrote the music for it. He wrote the music. And that was it, yeah. And the, the beauty of this, I guess, is so, so Bohemian Rhapsody made all kinds of changes to what really happened, way more than I'd realized, actually. Like things like, um, in the film, the big emotional moment is he, he discovers that he's got AIDS, so, but they go and do live aid anyway. But apparently that was after the yeah, other way around, right? Yeah, the other way uh, which is really silly. But in this film, because it's fantastical, because it's a musical, um, because it's a kind of a recollection rather than actual narrative, um, they throw they everything out. They can do what they like and it doesn't really matter, does it? So you can yeah. have him sing a song that he wrote 30 years later or whatever else and it doesn't matter, um, which, is, <laughs> uh, which is fine. Um, uh, other songs that you like... I like so one more one part that I like as well was the your song bit when um he started putting music mm. to your song and then his uh, mom and grandma pause what you're doing and listen to him. Mm. I thought that was a very nice moment. Yeah. Um again this, this uh, it tickled me a bit it was like the idea that he he wrote all these songs first time. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> I know, right? No, no trial oh, error. He's right. a prodigy, uh, just go down <laughs> on the piano and that's it. Yeah. Uh, but that that was done very well, and that was more in line with the. It's one of the ones where it was he, the, the story was he was writing your song, and he was, and he was writing your song and singing your song as opposed to being used as a musical. Does that make sense? So it's part yes. of the story rather than. Um, yep. I thought the strongest parts of the films were when they really leaned into the musical concept and the fantastical bits rather than the composing as you go. I mean, I liked your song; it's a great song. It might, might be my favorite Elton John song. Suddenly up there, um, but yeah, w- w- when it really, when it kind of pushed the envelope, when it experimented more, that's the, where it was most successful, I think. So things like, yeah, the Rocket Man scene, um, for example, or the Troubadour scene, the Crocodile Rock scene was, oh, it was great. Yeah, oh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> I can I can pick out so many moments in this film that I really, really, really liked. Hmm. Um, which is hard for me to say when it comes to Bohemian Rhapsody. I have to say, like. I know the end, the live eight bit hmm. was very good, yes. but the beginning bit was kind of forgettable. Yeah, and I say Bohemian Rhapsody is coming for lots of criticism. I think mostly because it's done so well and won so many awards, there's people saying, "Well, why are you giving it to that?" But, um, hmm. but yeah, I think that the main crime of Bohemian Rhapsody was that it was very much a kind of paint my numbers biopic. Um, and yes, I, I agree. Other than the live aid scene um, and the stuff around it. It wasn't hugely memorable, whereas this I think will will live on. I don't know. Yes. I don't know if this will get the same recognition. Um, so I mean, I don't think Elton John's as big as Queen globally. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe he's, I, he's I've heard sim- of both of them when I was okay. in Malaysia. Sim- so. Similar level, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, I suspect the Oscars won't want to give it two years in a row to someone playing a singer on a musical biopic. So if nothing else, that might hold him back. Um, Which is a shame though, because Taron did a fantastic job. Who knows who his competition may be, but I think Taron mm. deserves some recognition I, for yeah. his performance. I'd like to think, so I think, I'm sure he'll get um, a Golden Globe and a BAFTA nomination. Um, we'll see about the Oscars. I, yeah, I hope, I hope it gets at least a nomination. Um, 
Can, can, can I mention some scenes that I didn't particularly like? Yes. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Very quickly. Just just, yeah. just because like the rest of the film is so strong. Like I think the, my least favorite scene was probably with his wife. Hmm. Um, which was, it felt just like a shoehorning kind of thing. Like she was just there because she happened in his life. And before you know it, she was just gone. And and that was it. <laughs> That's the end of the story. <laughs> yeah, I think. So I I knew he'd got married uh, to a woman. I hadn't realized it was that late in the day. I thought it was much earlier in his life. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it had to be there because it happened, and it'd be weird if it wasn't there. Mm. But it also wasn't really part of the narrative. Exactly, like the they film, just put so. in there. Yeah, and they put "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me" to. Uh, that oh. was their song. Oh, in that's the a musical. great song as well. It is. It is, but I don't think it really fit. What happened between them? If that makes sense. Yeah, no, fair enough. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's that's one minor criticism. And my second one is, um, I didn't really like the end bit at the rehab session when he was speaking to all the people in his life when they came on and he mm. was addressing them. I again, I felt that I was a little bit shoehorned in, rather th- rather than you know when he. I, I, I didn't get how he suddenly came to that realization that he needed to vent his feelings for everyone. It just seemed like this is what Elton John wanted to say to them and that's why he put it in this film. But it didn't feel like a proper part of where he was going at that point in time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I said, when, you, when you said scenes we didn't like, that, that was the only scene that I didn't think worked. Um, I like the kind of concept. It, it felt it was kind of, it really felt like trying to hammer home the message of the film. Mm. Think, okay, we, we can work out the message of the film without you having to have I know these guys like, appear and you do- talk to them about it. And also, they seem to because they wanted everyone to be there from his life. It seemed the message didn't. It kind of just seemed to be a, bit of a hodgepodge of. It was. It yeah. was so obvious. They were doing such a good job, and that that mm. point was that point really threw me off. Um, Although I liked it when film. he when he hugged his younger self. I thought that worked well. Um, mm. Uh, well, it's a shame to end on that downer. Uh, I've nothing else to say, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's fantastic. Love, lovely music, very well done, brilliant acting, uh, very imaginative. One of the best films I've seen this year, I would say. Everyone should watch this film. Go and check it out. Right. Um, we move on then uh, to our final segment, um, the the quiz. Um, I can no longer count how far ahead I am in the yearly uh, yeah. quiz. It's not that far ahead, are you? Like three, know. maybe. <laughs> um, but we, you know, you know, to make it a fair playing field, Colin, you can just re, you know, just uh, answer some questions wrongly. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> um, the quiz this time is on the Amazing Spider-Man, the two films uh, starring Andrew Garfield. Uh, Zijan, who played the Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man Two? Uh, that's Paul Giamatti. It is Paul Giamatti. Um, question one for me is: uh, What was the Amazing Spider-Man Two marketed as internationally? Ooh. Uh, Rise of Electro. Yeah, that's correct. Is it? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You just guessed that completely. I think it, I think it rang a vague bell. Um, this is why I don't go quizzing <laughs> against you. Uh, question two: Who composed the music for the Amazing Spider-Man? The first, the one. first one. Yeah. Is it James Horner? It is James Horner. Good work. Uh, question two: Who did Stanley cameo as in the Amazing Spider-Man? Uh, he was a librarian. Yep, that's correct. Uh, question three: What was the first name of the character played by Jamie Fox? Max. It was Max. Very good. 
<laughs> you know why I know this was because like through, while I was researching for questions for this uh this quiz, I was like at the back of my mind, I can't remember what his real name was right. the whole time. So I had to check it out. <laughs> He's so forgettable. Mm. Oh, so, so forgettable. Uh, question three. In Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, Gwen Stacy was heading to Oxford University before her untimely death. What was she planning to study there? Ooh. Ooh. Um, I reckon... Oh, well, she was a scientist of some variety. Um... Was she going to go and study biochemistry? Matson, Very close. Madison, okay. Um, do they do a medicine course at Oxford? They, they do medicine everywhere. Aren't they? Um, okay. Question four. Um, in an alternative ending to The Amazing Spider-Man 2, whom did Peter meet at Gwen Stacy's grave? This will require you to have either read Wikipedia or seen the deleted scenes. What or, is this? <laughs> or be able to guess uh, well. Um, what? Her, her father. Oh, no, his father. His father? It was going to be a, it was a twist ending that his father was still alive. They're still alive. Uh, but they cut it. Thank God. Yeah. As though the film was bad enough. Well, there, there was some suggestion it might be the chameleon. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, question four. Which actor when asked about their role in Amazing Spider-Man, said that uh, it was hard to find a three-dimensional character in it. You can't put a 10-pound of shit in a five-pound bag. Well, I can't believe you've cost us our uh, PG ratings, Ejian. I, <laughs> um, I, I, I read this today. Sally Field. Yes, that's correct. Um, question five for you. I think you're going to get it. What is Stan Lee's cameo in The Amazing Spider-Man? Librarian. It is librarian. That puts you 4-3 ahead with one question to go. So to... To tie Colin, uh, Richard Parker, Peter's dad, is also the name of a main character in what other Academy Award winning film which appeared around the same time as The Amazing Spider-Man? As uh, Life of Pi. Yep, as the tiger. We should really get our questions from someone that isn't Wikipedia. <laughs> 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 oh, although we I did know should. that. Because um, I saw Life of Pi. It's very good. Uh, there you go, draw. Um, what are we quizzing on next time, Zijan? Um... So, you know there are four live-action Disney films coming out this year. Okay. We are doing a quiz on all four animated versions of them. Ooh, so we've got Aladdin, Lion King... Dumbo and Mulan. You're not counting uh, Lilo and Stitch? or um, That's not, Is that coming out? Um, well, to, I, think, I think it might be. Um, Lady and the Tramp is coming to Disney+. Plus. Uh, which I believe might, mm. might be this year, but um, those four, fine. Those four, yeah. Um, and we don't yet know what the subject is for next time, so uh, yeah, it's a mystery to both the, you guys and us. Uh, but have you got, hey, if you've got any ideas for what you want to who, us to do a topic on, um, a, 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 an episode on, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we're at CZ of Movies on Twitter. We're at uh, CZ of Movies at Gmail dot com. Um, whatever it is, we will see you then. Bye. <laughs>